Welcome to this episode of uh, Colour Outside the Lines podcast with me, Lisa Hughes, and me, Joseph Dillon. Did just just took a big sip of his tea, which was why he was a little bit late coming in. I was cute. Just I know you can't see it, but and I, I, and I, and I almost spat some of my tea out. I know. I just it was fun. Um, this is an, this is, um, an episode we did with the wonderful, the fabulous. The fantastic Grace Stampley, who we both mm-hmm. um, are huge fans of. Yeah, she's um, great. And in some ways, is 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 kind of well, no, not responsible for us collaborating as much as we do, but certainly our shared uh, admiration of, of Grace is one of the things that brought us together over mm. the years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We both trained with her. Yeah. Um, in yoga training. Yeah. We've both done workshops with Grace and I think we are both mm-hmm. big fans of her attitude and her way and the way that she can cut through bullshit and make things mm-hmm. really, really clear and really simple. And and Grace is a, an educator, <clears throat> excuse me, an educator and a teacher of yoga uh, practitioners and students and also in a high school. So Grace um, actually runs a department now. So she is, uh, I think, a, a really leading light in this world of education. For Irish people, that would be a secondary school. Oh, sorry, Just, sorry. A secondary school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Forgive, forgive my mm-hmm. New Zealand, um, my New Zealand coast there. Forgive, yeah, forgive me, sure. forgive me. Yes. <laughs> we did actually get, we did actually talk about school and, and kind of education in general terms. Yeah. We did, we talked we did about education school. I chat around that, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 and we kind of delved into that that world a little bit about <clears throat> different styles serve different students. Mm. Yeah, and we talked about yoga. And we talked about shadow work. Yep, we did. She's big into kind of yeah. the shadow side. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that conversation was a a really great one. I'm really glad we got Grace because I think this this is where this is where I I, I really see. Um, the definition of coloring outside the lines is being we we are not just one thing, so we do not operate in silos. What we what we learn from one area is 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 the gold and the fuel that we bring into another area, and that's that, that's the, that's the juice. Really, it is the juice that we carry um, through our journey, which which is what we what we share. So, and what I love about Grace mm-hmm. is that she brings clarity on that journey. Like as you say, she cuts through things, and she has a wonderful way of she's brilliant with words. Um, so yeah, great conversation. Loved it. Mm. Truly, and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, this is Lisa Hughes and Joseph Devlin. There you go. Well done. Um, and this is Colour Outside the Lines podcast. We have the wonderful, fabulous, amazing Grace Stephanie with us here today. Grace is a an amazing yin teacher. She's a wonderful human being. She's also multi-talented in that she teaches music and French. And she is, uh, according to, I'm quite quoting Brian Malone of Yoga Hub, the queen of yin in Ireland. <laughs> no less. No less. I love and, it. And she's and she and she's very funny and great crack. She's a, a wonderful human being. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Which, and so yeah. the the kind of setup for this Grace is a Color Outside the Lines podcast. Myself and Joseph is really about um is about saying that actually you don't have to be just one thing. And this is one of the reasons why we, we both so want to have you onto the podcast is, is that we put ourselves in boxes and we limit ourselves in terms of our beliefs. And yet there are so many wonderful people that we know who are who are not just teachers, but are also yogis and who are also guides and who are also doing lots of different interesting things, so many facets to what they have. And we love this, this thing of kind of colouring outside the lines and not just being... A defined by other people or being being just one thing, and, yeah. and we really wanted to be able to explore that with you, um, and and get the the benefit of all of the the multifaceted and many colours that you bring to everything that you do, and share that with other people. Sure, sounds great. Yeah, I love that. I love the title. Um, and um, yeah, I think now more than ever, um, the relevance of kind of the ability to coexist in different worlds and to kind of maybe bridge them, um, that's um, more relevant than ever. So yeah, great idea. Very happy to be here, Lisa and Joseph. Thanks for having me. Well, so myself and Joseph have both worked with Grace 
Marriage mm. Joseph, and we, we've both been really influenced by your work. And, and we've we both done, discussing, we've both done tr- teacher trainings with you, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And actually, it was, it was Joseph who I think you had been knocking around and kind of in the background for me, but it was Joseph who was saying to me, you know, if you if you really love me and you really have to go to Grace's class. And then mm. I showed up at your, a couple of your classes. I think I followed you around a couple of years for a while. And I was like, oh, I definitely have to do this training. Um, and it wasn't even necessarily about the teaching and the methodology for me, although obviously, you know, I love the fact that it's, it's so true to the Paul Grady style. It was really about all of the other elements that you were in, you know, the poetry and the, mm. we, we both have a fangirl crush on David White and, you know, <laughs> the real texture and the space that you held and the container and mm. all the loveliness that came through it. Um, that was really kind of, it felt like it was a very different experience than, than a, than a yoga teacher training, you know, it felt like it was something different for me, definitely. Um, so, well, what I would love to know is, is kind of like, there's one of the one of the things that's they're so color outside the lines about this is that you are a yin teacher and a Bikram teacher, which is like the opposite ends of the scale, <laughs> like a hard quorum, and then this lovely, gorgeous, relaxing in. So, can we start there in terms of there? You're right outside the lines of that one. Yeah, I've never been one to conform to any sort of (laughs) structure, really. Um, Look, Bikram was my very first yoga um, experience, really. Um, A friend took me to a class. I was probably 22. um, Just a couple of years ago, Grace. Oh, last year. Yeah, yeah. I've I've grown an awful lot in the last 12 months. I've experienced it. I've shoved a lot in. (laughs) 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 But but basically, that first class um, was a very transformative experience for me. Like in those 90 minutes, I had the realisation that while I was not going to continue with the practice immediately at that point, because I was in college, um, I was a poor student, I didn't have the money to pay for it, I was in a gym and at the time that was kind of enough for me in that 90 minute class I decided that I was going to do every day for the 10 days anyway because I'd got my intro pass mm-hmm. and that when I moved to Paris the following year because that was the plan I was going to I was going to Bikram was going to become the practice mm-hmm. and I got that sense of potential for transformation in though in in those first 90 minutes just like I got them in the very, very first yin class that I did um, in 2014 in Auckland, that there was there was a glimpse of the full depth of the practice that revealed itself to me immediately. And while many people, and I can totally understand where this um, interpretation comes from of the Bikram practice being very hardcore and pushy, um, I guess I never resonated with that. What I was drawn to in the Bikram practice was the stillness at your edge. Um, and it's yin. Okay. Okay. So in Bikram, yeah. this is the thing. In Bikram, you get into a pose. It's hatha, so the poses are shorter than they are in yin. But essentially, the practice is you come into the pose to your ability. You hold the pose in stillness. You come out of the pose. Like, let's, if you simplify it down, Mm. for me, they are actually very, very simple Mm. and very, very very similar. And both, actually, both simple and similar. And I I love simplicity. I I love any practice that I can just grasp um, and, and, and feel the benefits of and share because I think um, so much is overcomplicated and is actually just not understood. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I think a lot of my teaching is this, this drive to, to make accessible, to render mm-hmm. things accessible and, and tangible and for, for people to kind of feel, I can do this, I can feel this, I can, I can benefit from this. So mm-hmm. Bikram and Yin, while they are 
in some ways the opposite ends from the from like I guess from the heat and um, extreme you know lots of sweat and um, a lot of teachers do teach it in a very kind of a you do this you don't you know you, you don't argue you come in you come out and um it's very bump 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 um let's just say that for me it was never that Mm. Yeah. So um, they have been to the present day, the practices that I have chose to practice and teach. And um, I've dabbled and I've practiced many other styles through the years, but I've never really been compelled to share um, and to transmit any anything else. Mm. There you go. That's the that's how I can present the uh, the apparent um, differences in a in a new light, maybe which might yeah. I, I really like that idea in the way that you put that there about getting to the edge of stillness. Mm. And I really like that idea um, that there is perhaps that the the challenge is is getting to the edge of stillness and, and being okay with that and and. <laughs> That's a little bit of, of what I picked up from from your teaching, and and I found that you were you were holding that balance for us, um, and and yeah. and allowing us to be okay with that. Um, I'm, I'm I'm wondering is is that something that you got straight away, or is that something which kind of came? No, it's funny. I think we I don't know where um, I read it or heard it. But mm. the fact that we are compelled to teach in this life what we most need to learn mm. um, is for me the ever present lesson because mm. I may sound and be able to wax lyrical about many things, but that does not mean that they are mastered. <laughs> and there are many, many things that I am still working on and um, will forever be the student. And uh, that doesn't stop me from teaching them, though. And I think, you know, if you really want to master a subject, you have to teach it. Because mm. it is in the practice of teaching it that you will be called to examine what it is you really know and mm. what you need to unlearn. Um, and this process of unlearning is the core element of my of my teacher trainings because I start with that. I start mm. by basically saying, this is going to trigger the hell out of you. This is really <laughs> going to, you know, lay on the table everything that you thought you knew. And I'm going to ask you to, to forget it all, really. And that process of unlearning is the most valuable thing that you can learn. In mm. fact, we have to learn how to unlearn. Um, and I don't think it's ever taught in that way. But um, I think teacher training, certainly the way I hold the space for it, is a it's a personal development journey. And mm. really, and this goes back to your original thing, Lisa, I suppose you said at the beginning about interweaving um, so much of myself into it. I don't think I will appeal to people who are not willing to go on a personal development journey. And that is where, you know, you have to choose your teachers based on where you are and where you are willing to, to walk you know, um, or explore. So for me, the two cannot be separated. I, I don't think I can um, say that my teacher training is separate from my, from my, my, my work on, on, on my, my inner work and, um, and my, yeah, the, the way that I kind of really want to hold space for others to dive into that themselves. Because I was so surprised on the teacher training where, you know, I mean, obviously, as yogis, we're supposed to, you know, m mind, body, heart. And so yours was one of the first trains, one of the only trainings I've ever done where you did shadow work. Mm. I was like, oh, this is amazing. My God, I didn't think other people even knew about the shadow work, right? They're too busy totally like bypassing it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. so true, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, for, I, I don't, I absolutely understand um, that that is probably surprising that I do it. But at the same time, I cannot fathom how you can leave it out. Um, 
if you're really going to kind of embark on this path with any sort of integrity. Um, and yet it is so often forgotten about. And, you know, I don't actually think it's done on purpose. I don't think people, some people actively kind of, you know, ignore it. But a lot of people just through the simple you know, through simple ignorance and actually just don't really know, haven't come across it, have managed to go through a teacher training and have never had the the term presented to them. Mm. I do it because yin is prime breeding ground for for it to present itself. I don't (laughs) think, to be honest with you, that you have the same capacity for that in a style of, of practice where there is more movement because you have to come to the stillness you have to come to the edge. You have to come to the discomfort to get the confrontation with the self. And that is when all this juicy stuff comes up. But it's very possible to never encounter it because you never slow down. Mm. And many people subconsciously know that. And that's mm. what we choose. Not mm. to I'm, I'm really, really happy that we're talking about shadow. I'm really mm. glad that you brought that up, Lisa, because that was... Um, in, in my notes, to to want to go there and to and to want to talk about talk about this because I, I feel the same. Um, Grace has been the only person in the yoga world that I've heard mention this, and and um, I think that's really that's really great to to have that topic that conversation out there. Mm. And and I'm 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 wondering um, if the people listening to this if if that may be a little bit of a foreign term to them and i'm wondering if it might be interesting for us to to for for all of us to give a little bit of what they're thinking or what their thought or what their um I'm, I'm not going to ask you to, to define to define it, but yeah. i think it might be it might be interesting to to give a little bit of our um our, in, our insight into what that means for us mm-hmm. would would that be useful? Yeah, yeah. Would would would, would you like to start, or would someone like to go ahead? Um, Shall I? I, I, I'd, I'd I think like this to is Joseph's bag. I think <laughs> Joseph's like deep love of the shadow work. Like that was one of the things that we were chatting about after we I had done your. Um, I had done your yoga teacher training and it was like, it's really interesting for me. I, I, I started almost on, on the shadow side mm. way back when. And and mm. then when I got into the yoga piece, it was it like, it seemed to dissipate into the, you know, it was all about the yoga sutras and up into your head and ahimsa and, and the namas and the yama, the yamas and the nima. There's nothing wrong with that. But for, for me, it, 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 it's a bit like, as you said, Grace, it was, it was kind of bypassing something in the sense of shadow work and deep work. It's, it's, it's belly work. It's bowel work. It's kind of in your body work. Um, and so hard. I just got mm. really hard, really hard, which is why we avoid it. Right. Um, so that was why it was so interesting for me to circle back around to it. But we've, we, Joseph and I have had so many conversations about shadow work that I think Let's start with you and then we can circle back to me. Yeah, sure. Mm. Um, well, I mean, if we look at the origin of the term, or we're going back to Carl Jung and where the 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 way he defined the shadow was the the collection of kind of qualities and um, characteristics, aspects of the self that we do not want to accept, that we wish um, were not there the the person we would rather not be yeah um robert bligh has this term um he 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 kind of talks about he talks about the fact that we walk around for the first kind of 20 odd years of our life carrying a bag on our back mm. and into that bag we kind of throw everything that society and our family of origin and um, family that we're born into um, tell us and confirm to us is not acceptable, is not worthy of being loved, is not going to um, allow you to be included. Mm. Um, and so what we do is we, we, we feel, okay, well, 
that's not approved of. I better I better shove that into the bag and, and start carrying it because I certainly can't let it be part of my person because it just leads to rejection or it leads to uh, isolation. Um, mm. But then when we get to a certain point, and we many of us never get to that point, but, but if we do get to the point where we're, we're confronted with it, we then have the journey of kind of unpacking the bag. <laughs> we have to go through it and mm. we have to take mm. stuff out and kind of look at it and kind of go, well, where did that come from? And look at that. It was mm. interesting. And, um, and then when you start to do some shadow work, and, you know, Jung says of the shadow that it is 90% pure gold. That, mm. that it's, not, it's not, it's hard, but it's not all bad. That we're mm. not here diving into the shadow to kind of see, you know, where's the shame and the just mm. all these kind of heavy, heavy darkness. There is going to be some of that as well. But, but, but oftentimes what gets thrown into the shadow is our creativity. It's our genius, it's our boldness, it's our unique gift to the world, it's Mm. our dreams, it's the things that we um, were taught were unrealistic and were only going to lead us to be disappointed. They get shoved into the shadow as well. So there's Mm. so much good in the shadow, but it's the fact that we're afraid to go there at all, which means we, we get neither the good nor the bad. We just stay in, you know, blissful ignorance. And of course, it's blissful for a reason. It's not real. So we kind of, you know, this positive vibes only and this obsession with the light, which permeates the yoga world, has led to us being encouraged nearly uh, to, to continue to ignore it, to continue to suppress it. Now, not actively. And of course, people will tell you they don't. They don't actively suppress shadow work. They do in their language, though. They just aren't. It's not brought to their awareness. I, I hear people talk all the time in a, um, in a light favoring way, but they don't even realize they're doing it. So it's it's hard, and then when you're when you see it, and when you kind of want to maybe bring up an alternative discourse, and um, it can be hard. People don't necessarily have the discernment to to figure it out, you know, to kind of see it for themselves. But that's look, that's in essence shadow, and um, the way I um, I see its relevance, and the way I see it needs to be taught is that every time I teach yin people will be triggered anytime I believe that you're practicing, you know, yin in, in the way it was intended. Um, there will be a moment where you are likely going to have a glimpse of some aspect of yourself that you disapprove of. And that is, that glimpse is the start of a beautiful journey of going into the bits that scare you, the places that scare you, but also realizing that the more you do that, the more you go into the scary parts, the more wisdom. And this is Pema Shadran, you know, the whole Buddhist um, um, psychotherapy way of looking at this is that the more you are willing to embrace your fear, the more your wisdom also grows. So it's that you can't have the good without the bad. You just Mm. can't. And Mm. if you want to suppress the bad, you also suppress the good. And I don't even like using those binary terms, but Mm. um, like dark, whatever, you know, it's trying to Mm. find appropriate language, but that's it really. And and life is, is, is messy and it's especially messy and hard at the moment. So the more we have, an, you know, there's a responsibility on the teachers, the guides, the mentors, the coaches, the therapists. We have to be the ones to change the language around this because the vast majority of people are ignorant in the true sense of the word, not willfully. Mm. Just they just do not know better. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And and for those who who do not know better, I'm really I'm wanting to kind of focus in on something you said there about using language that favors the light versus a different discourse. Can you can you give us an example of that just to kind of make it real for people so that they could identify even what's going on? Um, the excessive emphasis on um, choosing positive thoughts, the excessive emphasis on gratitude as a practice that is a panacea for all ills, the overriding sense that um, 
when you go to a yoga class, it is supposed to make you feel like you're walking on air. Um, the the constant um, the constant affirmation that yoga is going to make your life better. I just disagree with it all. I mean, I just, <laughs> just I just think it's absolute nonsense. And I think yoga can help. Yoga is an amazing practice which can give you great tools to help with your mindset and amazing tools to go deeper into your into your inner landscape. But if you think you're only going to find positive vibes, it's bullshit. And so I, I kind of think we really, we really have to change this up. And um, so anybody who's going to even, you know, even the way, for example, another thing, I'd say it's a, it's a, it's a reference to more of a functional way of teaching, but, oh, um, don't worry if you can't do that pose, just keep coming back and practicing and come back tomorrow. And, you know, when I started yoga, I wasn't able to do this pose and look, I can do it now. I can do Lotus. You know, I can, I can do a really nice backbend. Any language that promises an aesthetic result, which does not take into consideration the limitation of the skeleton mm. is is not only an outright lie, is a huge disservice to anybody coming to practice and is the reason why so many people do one yoga class and never come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that in itself is is perpetuating this myth that Mm -hmm. somehow yoga is something you can um, achieve, progress and and work with over time. Mm -hmm. And, um, And if you don't in that first class, say to that person, uh, or say to everybody, like if if you're coming here with the goal of achieving a certain pose, I can probably help you with that to to whatever uh, your bones will allow. Mm. But at some point, if your only goal in your practice is to perform the next shape, then you are in a process of attachment, which is the antithesis of what you're actually here to be doing. So if we have to we have to stop pussyfooting around, you know, our students and kind of, um, I, I just, you know, a bit more straight talk. Like I, I, you know, I, I like, I like to be straight. <laughs> just that's, 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 one, that's one thing that you definitely get from Grace Tempany. It's straight. Absolutely. One, one person who I've met in my life who calls a spade a spade is Grace Tempany. Call a spade a spade, you know, and it's not because I'm a yoga teacher that I, I mean, I love the, you know, I can do the subtlety and I, I can do all the all the the depth and the the more and um, yeah I I I I love the poetic landscape. I love to talk in metaphor, mm. but you have to also understand when you're when you're not being truthful when you're not being truthful mm. to your students mm. and when you're not being truthful about what what this practice is. You know when you're not living it, I suppose, or mm. trying as best you can. I mean, God, Jesus, I have so many more things to learn. I'm mm. I'm like a beginner on this path, but um, I, I we have to be very honest with people. I mean. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really interesting point you made there. It's almost kind of um, nudging onto the into the area of of um, of the like marketing um, standards authority. Um, we have to be careful that we don't get done for false advertising and kind of painting this image like you know sign up do this yoga classes and your life is gonna you know be like uni- unicorns. Yeah, um, well, not galloping, <laughs> yeah, unicorns galloping over a rainbow, and they're 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 going to poop candy floss for you, you know. Yeah, your yeah. life is going to be sorted. <laughs> you might know, take I, a I, couple I, of classes before you get to enlightenment, though. I think yeah, that's like yeah, a more <laughs> 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 candy floss and rainbows first class, unicorns yeah. second class, yeah, fourth and fifth class enlightenment. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, and somewhere yeah. along the way, full lotus and um, yeah. you know, uh, king pigeon and. Yeah. I'm going to paradise. And yeah, a, yeah. One, a, a one-armed hem, handstand. Yeah, yeah. And, and, if, <laughs> and, if, and, if, and if you and, and, and if you go long enough, then you're going to get to um, levitation. And, That's it. Um, yeah. You're yeah, not levitating yeah. yet. Oh, come on, Jim. <laughs> I, I kind of... So you I, need I tell, to do the fast track. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, come yeah. on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I... Um, I, I think I think it's great that we're going there with this conversation because I I've come out of some yoga classes feeling 
really quite raw and vulnerable and really kind of like, whoa, like all, all, of, all of my stuff is, is actually, I feel like has been brought to the surface here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, that, and that wasn't even a yin class. And, yeah. and I think the experience for yin for me is like during that little mini kind of hero's journey, you know, my, my, my stuff will come to the surface and I, and I have that time and space where that's really present for me. Like there's no way you can go and gloss over it, you know. No. There's no unicorn going to come and, and, and um, bring you away from that. You're, you're, really, you're really there with it. Yeah. And the, the bit for me, the, the, the way in which the shadow has been described to me before, which I really like, is it's the part of ourselves that we hide, deny, and repress. Mm. Yeah. And I really like that analogy around the shadow bag I think that's 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 a really good way of putting it that we we unconsciously pick up these things that we've been given. You know, we we unconsciously pack them into this bag. We end up carrying around this baggage that sometimes we're not aware of. Like it's a, it's a maybe a bag on our backs, and we're not aware of it, but um, it affects us. You know, it, it 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 we are carrying it through through our lives. Yeah, and. Um, and it's, and it's very clear sometimes that other people can see it and, and actually it's it's there and part of us. And, um, yeah, I think there's many, many ways to um, unpack this. And I think that um, through, the, through the body and, and through the way that you describe working with the body, especially that piece around the skeletal variation, yeah. that for me was actually in, in your, in your um, conversation, your teaching, that was one of the first times I, I really had that really clearly explained. Yeah. Um, and that was a big um, part that really added into, into my understanding of, of the body and to how, how, how people are so different and we all are so different on a foundational, yeah. uh, foundational level. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Hmm. Sorry, Joseph, I cut you off there. I'm, I was going to say, just say I'm, I'm interested again because you touched into this idea of of that um, hero's journey and 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 that piece you you touch into that idea of of hero's journey and, and, and poetry and I'm I'm interested in a little bit of of your background as a as as an educator in terms of um, you you work outside the yoga uh, world and I'm interested in in is, is there a crossover? Is there a crossover piece um, you feel from what's happening outside the yoga world, and and how much of that is 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 brought in or able able to be brought in um, to the teaching that you share? Yeah, um, I you know I really I'm a I'm passionate about education in the true sense of of, of the term. Like educate comes from the Latin educare, which is to draw out. Mm. to draw out that which is within you know um education in in the in the true original sense was actually more about the eliciting of inner wisdom than it was about the transmission of knowledge and you know it's fascinating to me because I do both and it's it's weird it's another it's another contradiction within my Mm. my person that I Mm. I do an awful lot of transmission of knowledge Mm. but ultimately the goal is the eliciting of the inner wisdom that's already there Mm. and it's a massive it's a, it's a point that's that's so often ignored by many who enter the teaching profession without so much as a day's training in it. And I guess when I when I kind of look at people who start to to kind of move into the teaching world as if it were just the next step along the yoga teacher journey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to teach yoga, and then I'm going to become a teacher trainer, and just because I I decide. Um, I, I, I have a kind of a bemused smile on my face half the time because I just, I, I, it amazes me. It amazes me. And mm. um, when I initially went into education, it was with, you know, I loved my subjects. I, I studied French and music um, in Trinity and then I went on and did, you know, various, you know, master's degree and all that. So I went very, very in-depth into my subjects and then I wanted to share them. And teachers mm. want to share Mm. That's, the, that's what they mm. have in common 
but it's not enough. And, and somebody mm. who wants to share something doesn't necessarily make a good teacher. Mm. You have to be trained in, in, in pedagogy. Like you have to understand what it means to transmit education. You have to understand the um, learning tools, different learning styles, uh, methodologies. Um, like there's a lot to it. There's a, there's a lot to the process. There is a huge crossover for me in terms of what I do in the classroom in school and what I do in the in the yoga studio classroom when I when I'm teaching teachers. I would say there's less crossover between school and teaching yin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That actually when I'm teaching the practice, Mm. I'm more in the process of eliciting inner wisdom and I'm very mm. much it's a somatic experience I'm, I'm there to hold the space um, for the students to go on their own journey mm. but when I'm teaching teachers I'm secondary school teacher there that mm. is where there's a huge amount of crossover and my mm. expertise and experience from the classroom are were, were what allowed me to move into the teacher training world with with and I at the beginning I I say I have huge confidence I suppose in my ability now but when I started off I was I was moving into an area that I felt intuitively I was going to be good at but I it was an inkling you know it was an inkling but I I definitely feel that there's that's that's where the parallel is for me so training teachers and teaching French music geography, history, politics, philosophy, whatever your subjects are, they, for me, are, are, are quite similar. There's a lot of crossover. The actual space holding for the practice of yin itself is a different skill set. Mm. But both are absolutely integral for somebody who's in the teacher training world, be it, trainer, be it training teachers to, uh, to be in a school, Mm. Or training teachers to um, to continue the work that I'm that I'm doing myself, or that we are all doing. Um, yeah, does does that kind of mm. answer the question? Yeah. I think yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm verbally, I'm processing it all myself because this is something mm. I've been thinking a lot about this week. There's a blog mm. I need to put, probably put my words on paper, but um, I feel there's yeah, I feel there's a, a difference that needs to be acknowledged. Um, mm. between the two skill sets, I suppose. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that I would have noticed, just to reflect to you what you're saying, is is in having been in, in into your pyjamas on, on a Monday night for many times, Grace is not just the queen of yin in, in Ireland, she's the queen of yin puns also. So, <laughs> so into your pyjamas. It was, it was, it, 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 much more fabulous sound. On a Monday night, I'd get into my pajamas and we'd do this year in practice. And, and my experience of you as a teacher is, is that there's, there's, there's yes, there's lots of, stru- of structure in the sense that there's very clear instructions, but there's a lovely softness and gentleness and a humor with which you teach. And there's this poetic landscape comes through. Whereas having been in a teacher training with you, you're much more now. Let me tell you, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which, which I really appreciate, obviously. Yeah. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. how the hell am I going to teach this to? Yes. Yeah. So that kind of just the much more structure and clarity in the teacher training, and much more stuff is much more, much more grace, I think, actually. Yeah. So somebody said to me the other day, what we need for COVID is grace and grit. And right. like uh, you came, you came to mind, right? So you've got both of those things. You've got uh, that real uh, uh, spade to uh, spade. You've got the great, and you've got the grace in the sense that we, we I like all that of you, which is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's I, I, yeah. I think um, there's a time and a place for both, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, I think the world of Yin is is so it's John O'Donoghue and David White. It's this Moon and Pisces death. It's it's all it's this crossover between worlds, which I I, mm-hmm. I love. You know, this kind of I've got. Uh, this ability to to navigate between the two but like if I was to train my teachers like that they wouldn't know what they were doing (laughs) if I applied that kind of I'm going to bring forth the grace that that loves to you know that 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 loves to recite poetry and I wouldn't be serving 
my teachers or their students. So I have to be able to compartmentalize, you know, it's like she's always there. And when I, you know, and when I teach those two hour in practices on during the training, I kind of step into her. But when I'm, when I'm teaching you content and, and, and when I'm transmitting knowledge and when I'm giving you the, the goals of the practice and kind of, there has to be a kind of a sense of, We've got this, this, and this to do because um, I have a certain amount of time. And this yeah. is where these are the teaching skills from the classroom that are, you know, so necessary for me to get through what I have to get through. Um, <laughs> or it'll take me 10 days instead of three. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's the rationale for that, I suppose. But I like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to circle back to the, to the shadow bit. Um, the, the place that I first came across the shadow work was with Debbie Ford. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have her Dark book. Dark Side yeah. of the Light Chaser. Uh, Light Chaser is a great book. Yeah, great book. But that was like a million years ago. Oh, yeah. She got um, it in the 80s, didn't she? Yeah. And and so it, it felt a bit kind of, you know, with no disrespect, it felt a bit like Tony Robbins-esque. You know, it was all kind of very self-helpy. Yeah. Um, and so I, I felt in some ways that I'd grown beyond that, you know. And then actually I was like, no, that was the real shit that you needed to do in the first place. This is really funny how these things, this colouring outside the lines of, of, of you dip into various different things. And the lifetime's work is almost to integrate all of those things and to weave them together into some sort of kind of meaning for you as an individual, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. It's still the ongoing quest, you know. I I you know, it's it's funny because for somebody who's quite a, a clear enough communicator, like I mean, this, you know, Grace who's talking to you right now, um, it's taken her six months to write a bio. Like, you know, you also do need to see that side of me. Side <laughs> of pen to paper when it comes to would you ever write down, Grace, what in the name of God you do? I actually like I cannot do it. And I have this website. That it, I mean, it's up there, and the brain dump of Grace, you know, who she is, what she teaches, and the training stuff, it's all there. Because I got so impatient one day there over the summer, I just got it all down, you know, and I oh. said, this, I'm, I'm getting it done. And um, I'm leaving it, went off in a huff, and decided that I wasn't going to look at it again until I had enough time. And of course, I've had time the last little week, you know, and I've, I've been trying to, to just put some format on it. And it is, for me, the biggest challenge ever is to sum up who Grace is as a person, who Grace is as a teacher, and what Grace wants to teach, you know? Um, uh, so there are even those who are, um, who are very clear about what they're teaching still find it hard to, to define um, the person behind the teaching. So it's a very, and I think I remember Lisa, I think we had this chat on the level too, do you remember? I was yeah. like, who is Grace when she's not the teacher? And I've had to come back to this question because COVID is like throwing it all up again. Um, In a great time for reflection on that very question, you know, because we can get so caught up in our identity as the teacher. Um, mm. And me especially, because it, it infuses everything um, at the moment. Everything nearly, without exception. Mm. So trying to keep that boundary and keep these things that are for myself and remembering that Grace needs to play the piano. You know, she needs to travel. So this year has been very tough. She needs to read and she needs to remember to read non-research related books, you know. <laughs> so all of these things that that kind of, you know, come up that are so important for my own self-care and um, they uh, I need reminders. I, I mm. need my own teacher to kind of say, now, Grace, make sure you pencil in time for this. So those who teach others with great assuredness often need somebody to, to teach them, you know, and we all have to help each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I, I'm curious, Grace. My curiosity coming into this podcast is if there was somewhere else in your life that you would like to color outside the lines, where would that be? Mm. I think 
if I could colour outside the lines and reform the Irish education system, I would do it. Why? Um, why? No, well, I said, wow, what was that? Oh, wow. I was excited. You know, I just thought I'd use another job. <laughs> chilling, chilling out. I'm not having enough time to sit on a podcast with us. Well, listen, dream big. Dream big, you know. Um, why and wow. Um, I, I think there is work to be done to better serve our teenagers. Mm. And I can do so much in my classroom and I'm mm. your head this year so I have 120 15 year olds that I regularly um interact with and I mm. can obviously have the influence that I can have with them by bringing my whole self to them mm. and mm. all the contradictions that it, that myself contains as a kind of a model of see you don't have to fit yourself into a box you can mm. you can move between them you can jump out of one into another in order to do that, you have to have a very clear sense of who you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What the education system does not bestow on people and does not help them find is that very clear sense of who they are. Mm-hmm. And I see it firsthand because I'm somebody who, would, who knows how to help them get there. Mm-hmm. But the curriculum does not facilitate that. Mm-hmm. So... One of my biggest struggles and heartaches and, uh, uh, you know, it's where my the limits of my work is that I am working within a system which I profoundly not disagree with, but um, which I feel is limiting. Mm. And so I, I want to live my life, you know, outside the box. And yet the Irish education system is a rather large box mm. which likes to keep people inside. Mm. So this is the mm. this is, I suppose, where I do colour outside the lines in my own classroom and it's 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 in my own interactions in my office. It's when I have those in, in interactions with the students, it's um I, I do get a lot of freedom. Mm. But I suppose ultimately I am I'm one person, right? I'm one person within a very large system. Mm. Um, so I suppose, yeah, I, that would be a source of frustration or sadness sometimes. I suppose it's just realizing the the limitations of the of the post, you know. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that would be, yeah, that's an area where I would like to color outside the lines more, shall we say. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think we both have experience of that in that my my have daughter who has you kind of ADD and you know really struggles with some of the you know, what you're talking about, the rigidity of the curriculum. Yeah. And and Joseph, I know you won't mind me saying you you also have dyslexia, right? So you I I really found school quite challenging yeah. because of the dysgraphic dyslexia. And I found a lot of the time that I would struggle to to find a place and find a clear expression. And I I found that it was quite difficult to 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 get into a flow and, and to and to um and being honest, I thought school was a big crock shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know I love great talk, Joseph. I know what you know. I know what you think anyway. So there's no point. In yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. And and yeah. and and it, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of my judgment and my experience there of 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 um I I, I experienced um, a school system which would assess me based on my ability to regurgitate knowledge using yeah. a pen and paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 my and my different ability or my disability is is literally inputting pen to paper. Yeah. So so I, I felt the the I I, I judge <laughs> the way I the way in which I was judged yes. <laughs> was was unfair. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Based, based on this and. Yeah. And and I feel as though, um, and, and again, I, I have very limited and no experience of the Irish school system, but 
I, I believe that the New Zealand school system to be are very similar. Of course, there's um, a huge amount of memorization. Yeah. There's a huge amount of regurgitation. And as if you have a good memory, um, mm. you are at an advantage. If you mm. are a good mm. speller, you're at mm. another advantage. If mm. you mm. are a good time manager, you have another yes. advantage. And yeah. if you are good at expressing yourself and good mm. at translating um, your thoughts onto paper, well, then you have another mm. advantage. So if you have all those things, mm. of course, school is going to be much easier. There's no doubt mm. about it. And I suppose, um, you know, I am... Um, I have, I'm very aware of a lot of people. I'm very aware of a lot of people, a lot of friends who 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 struggled mm. and who have a really negative view of schools as a result. Mm. Mm. I I suppose I myself struggle with that because I'm I'm seeing it as somebody who is a teacher in a school mm. and you know trying trying her very best to kind of facilitate everyone and all their various needs. It is a tough, tough job for a mm, teacher mm, in a classroom with 30 mm, students to mm, cater equally for everybody there. Mm, like, it, mm, there, it, it is, imp- I would say it's impossible, actually. Mm, I would say mm, it's impossible mm, without um, other supports, maybe um, a, a supplementary staff. Um, differentiation and differentiated learning and teaching can only go so far. And um, there's a huge expectation. So I think an awful lot of people who I've uh, spoken to and many people within the yoga world, and this is a key thing actually, have had a negative experience in school. Mm. They have had had, um, poor teachers, may have had teachers who who did not demonstrate um, excellent teaching. Mm. Mm. And as a result, have concluded Mm. that they'd be well able to do it. And this is a very interesting thing, right? Right, okay. This is where the discussion about, oh, well, I hated school. And I was, you know, uh, I wasn't served in school and I just had shit teachers. And this is where a negative view of school translates Mm. into poor teaching just being, just continuing. Because there's the presumption that Mm. I can do it. You know, I I didn't have a great example of a of a teacher, so I may as well give it a go. So this is where I see, you know, it's the one profession that gets so much abuse mm-hmm. that everybody has been to school mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everybody has been to school. Everybody has their opinion, and everyone mm-hmm. their opinion is 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 uh, the most important, and they um they want to talk about how difficult it was. And to diss teachers at every opportunity. And um, it is very hard to be a teacher in Ireland because Irish media and generally the Irish people Mm. um, are the biggest begrudgers when it Mm. comes to the teaching profession and this kind of idea of, oh, teachers and their summers. And this is literally Mm. what it's meant. It's like Mm. because of the school year and the way that it's organized, um, June, July and August are the sticks they beat us with, you know, and you can't can't possibly even express so much as as an opinion before it's Mm. like, oh, another teacher. Mm. Um, Mm. I don't know of any other profession Mm. gets the same amount of kind of, mm. you know, abuse or mm. presumption that mm. they know how to do mm. it. Mm. So while I see many flaws, mm. I don't agree that every Tom, Dick and Harry has the right to just um, walk into a profession that they mm. think they could do so much better in mm. and what mm. they received. Mm, Interesting. Mm, it's, a, it's a great topic for discussion and one problem mm. that was worthy of another podcast, actually. <laughs> so much to talk about here. <laughs> Yeah, I think the I think the other thing that teachers really suffer from, particularly in Ireland, is is that that, that the teaching profession is so what's the word to use? It's so enmeshed mm. in religion in our yes, apps one hundred right? yeah. and all yes. of the negativity that that or all of the positivity, depending on your on your mm. all of the, of the restrictions. I would say mm. all, all of clearly control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Control, oppression, and everything. I have yeah. to say, like, uh, like three kids, and they 
they've been in a in a in a very small school, so I totally get what you're saying. I don't know how anybody teaches thirty kids in bananas, but they've been in a really small school, and I've seen teachers who just so dedicated to mm. that differentiated teaching and trying to teach every child as an individual, and 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 not just being limited by the setup of teaching, but by the curriculum itself, mm. because. The whole thing is set up to get the points to get to college. Yes. Mm. The whole game. We're not mm. eliciting wisdom out of no. mm. transmitting, mm. transmitting information. We're saying, no. so I remember this conversation of saying, you know, how is she getting on in, in, in her class? Oh, she's great. She's loads of opinions. She really, you know, joins in in class. And that's great. And so the only problem is, it's like her essays are full of opinions. And I was like... What's the issue? Is that not what, what it's for? No. And she said, Oh, oh, you know, no, no, no. She has to write opinions. You see, she's writing opinions. They're looking for certain opinions. And she's getting opinions to get the points, to get to college. So and yeah. I'm like, I know. Where, where yeah. do we teach them how to think? Where, where does that come in? Because what we need yeah. right now, more than anything else from COVID, right, is 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 people with the ability to think, to feel, discernment. to cr- discernment. Exactly, Grace. Look at thinking and discernment, yeah. Yeah, and it's just not set up for it, right? It is mm-hmm. set up to drive a set of behaviours, which is is churning out people who aren't ready for the world. Mm. But, you know, I do think that um, there are, it, it, teachers individually are well equipped to ask questions we do it every single day. Like mm-hmm. that's part of our job. Like there is teaching and there is um, exam focused teaching, and there is a difference between it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you you know, at the end of the day, we all know there's an exam to pass, and and that's that is what. If somebody needs you know six hundred points in their leaving cert to get into a certain course, then you are helping that person tailor their mm-hmm. knowledge to the exam. You're working the system. The system mm-hmm. is so flawed. So flawed, mm-hmm. but currently mm-hmm. it's the only one we have. So for that person to kind of progress to the next stage, you have to work the system a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's separate to encouraging critical thinking. Like I mean, mm-hmm. it, it is very. I taught philosophy actually last year to my TYs, and you know, the TYs get yoga, meditation. It seems to be at the moment the only year that um, it is kind of seen as, as feasible in because you're battling against you know the division of curriculum across academic subjects and they haven't yet got the open minded to realize that um skilled meditators are smarter because ultimately this is what you're doing right you're training your brain but you know but you're still working within the limits of, of people's um understanding and as you say the church um, mm. and has a huge influence at the bottom and is is always going to have this emphasis on um a, a more kind of patriarchal you know view of the whole way that 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 information should be um should be passed on mm. yeah mm. i can as if this is where it comes back to the individual versus what the overriding um you know uh, the overriding sense of an education that somebody got is going to be because they're like, mm. I remember Miss Tempany and you know she did this with us, but I might mm. be an exception, right? And that's that that's the thing. You realize it when you teach a certain way that you are probably more in the exception category than in the rule. Um, but that does not mean that um, that you're wrong. And I certainly will continue to do things the way I see fit. Mm-hmm. I believe um, it's going to help people um, until I'm dragged out of there kicking and screaming. It won't happen. I leave long before that time. But anyway, <laughs> there you go. It's it's a great it's a great topic. I love chatting about this. Like I mean, I think um, it's so worthy. It's so worthy of um of a separate discussion. Education um, form. Um, it really um, is. Yeah. <laughs> Fascinating. And I think the way that you started off the conversation was very similar to um, the way that, that an English teacher of mine from school um, framed, framed his knowledge of the subject up. And he said, I, I know enough to know that I know very little about this. Yeah. Um, yes. 
but but he was one of the most influential teachers that that I ever came across. Yeah. Um, and and I think he he was probably part of the reason the, the only um, one of the, one of the reasons I got through yeah got through the, the, the system because he he really held his hands up and he was like I don't have all the I don't have all the answers yeah I know I know I know you know enough to know I don't know everything yeah um and, and I, he'd been teaching um I, I would guess uh, at least 20 years by that stage that's it yeah um and I, I hear that really reflected in, in in your style and I really I really like that yeah yeah. The irony is that it takes an awful lot of education to say, I don't know. This is the mm. crazy thing in it all is that generally it's those who have actually, um, you know, oftentimes done the most um, who, if they have, you know, the humility will, will and, and, and if they're self-aware, mm. they'll realize they know sweet feckle. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I will still, and I will always continue to do trainings and um, I'm, I'm always learning something. I'm always involved in some, um, in some learning exercise because it's just, it's just my mind needs it to be challenged, you know. Um, mm. But I will still say hand on heart that um, a person's experience is the best teacher they'll ever have. And that's why mm. when it comes to yin, I shut up, you know, it's fine. Fill the space when I'm because I really believe I have nothing that's better than your ability to connect to your internal experience right now. Grace, is there anything that we should have asked you that we didn't? I can't remember all the questions now, Lisa. <laughs> There's no list in the first place. So exactly, I love no. I don't know. I don't think so. No, sure. You know, I just I like the I like the the spontaneous chats. And um, I don't think so. There certainly I didn't come into this with any um, anything I wanted to say in particular. So no, I'm I'm very very happy to to leave it there for now. Brilliant. And I, I really enjoyed this because I love the yeah, juiciness of the shadow work and the education. Um, we've reformed the education system. We've we've uncovered all the best parts of ourselves. It was a fairly, you know, it was a good day's work for an hour. I thought that was really, really <laughs> we didn't even have to leave our pages. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to leave the last word with Mr. Joseph Devlin because he kind of put me on the spot at the start and I'm going to put you on the spot at the end. Um, wrap us up leave us lead us off into the into into the distance i i want to wrap up by reflecting the the big the big key point of what i heard from um this chat which was an absolute pleasure um this afternoon grace and i want to say a big massive thank you for sharing your time with us and sharing your wisdom and the the skill that you have to elicit inner wisdom. Mm-hmm. I felt that, uh, and I see that and hear that um, mm-hmm. emanating from you in, in, in how you teach and how you share and how you talk. And I'm so grateful for you sharing your time with us and with our audience. Um, and I hope for a long time you continue to elicit this wisdom that's what I've felt from you today. Um, And thanks, Lisa, for throwing me under the bus. Thanks. No problem, mate. Anytime. I do do have another another question, not for the podcast, which is like, when when is there going to be a level three? But like, we'll we'll talk about that again. (laughs) (laughs) We're working on on May next year, Lisa. (laughs) It's it's all trauma related, I can tell you. It's all I'm all over. Personal experience. I have. You remember that bag you were talking about that we carried? Yeah. I'm gonna bring it with me. Yeah, bring it. It'll be a bag unpacking and unpacking training. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's now grown into a tea chest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where is this website? Guys. Where is this website that you have? Where can people find you, Grace? Can well, the, the website is www.gracetempany.com. So that's G R A C E T E M P A N 
D-M-P-A-N-Y, yeah. And um, yeah. Dubian Yoga then on um, Instagram and, and and social media. Is, what, what's, your, what's your Instagram handle? Dubian uh, Yoga. That's a that's a great um, that's a great play on words. <laughs> I actually can't take credit for that one. That was a friend, a friend oh. suggested Dubby and Yoga like four years ago, and um, yeah, yeah. So um, love it. Love it's it. been yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank it's you for sharing your yin sight with us, Chris. Uh, any oh time. God, I'm going to start. <laughs> I'm going to start now. now, now, before before our listeners start vomiting, I think we should press stop. Yeah. Thank you. Another fantastic conversation, Commerce Outside the Lines. Um, as always, we hope that you, you got something out of it, that you enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Um, that was a little nugget of, of what Joseph calls gold in there for you that will stay with you over the next while. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear about what you loved and why maybe mm-hmm. we didn't like so much and help us get better. We would love that. Yeah. Uh, maybe mention us on the socials. What's the yeah. socials, Joseph? Tell us about socials. The socials are, for me, Instagram, which is Joseph underscore Devlin, D-E-V-L-I-N underscore. You can find me on that. And Lisa, what's yours? You're more on LinkedIn or you're more on Instagram? Yeah, follow me on LinkedIn. It's Lisa. It's Arena Coaching is the the name of of me. So that's where I kind of hang out on. I'd I'd had to take myself off Instagram. <laughs> so <laughs> into the whole that's grown the, the forever stone that is Instagram. So I, I'm very uh, yeah, yeah. scroll hole. Yeah. So we would, we would really problem. love we would really love if you were to give us your feedback on what you liked mm-hmm. and share with us uh, perhaps what you didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. these, these little nuggets of gold for us are really important because as we look into 2021 and into our next series and into what we want to create more of, um, this is really going to help us to shape that and, and to and to, um, to, to, to bring you the listeners what, what um, you really want. So yeah, please give us your feedback and reach out to us and say hi. And um, we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, hopefully Thanks. this Thanks is for listening. yeah. This hopefully this is just the first series, uh, mm. first in a series of many podcasts. Um, enjoy. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.